0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Energy, energy, energy finally in the subway series between the Mets and the Yankees. It is Chris Carlin. Chris Canty Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive
0: Insurance. Good morning, Christopher Progressive Canty. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. How are uh, you? I am outstanding. I'm not like Flo, giving out discounts everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing good. Wish I would be doing better because my Yankees took the fade last night in the city field. But I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to get into
1: it. Yeah, we're going to get right into that here in just a moment. In 15 minutes, Jeff Darlington is going to join us on set and take us through everything going on in training camps around the NFL as they open up. But as you know, we're going to keep it in New York to start things off.
2: Here we go!
0: Only one place to start.
1: And that is with the Mets beating the Yankees in game one of the Subway Series last night. Two this week, two toward the end of August. This is at Citi Field. And look, more than anything, I just want to start here. I have always been a huge proponent of interleague play, of the Subway Series, of everything that it has the potential to be. But there is no denying that there has been a lack of energy, particularly in this series, and I think among others as well, around baseball, for the last several years. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Mets haven't been particularly good, but now you've got two teams that are in first place, are teams that obviously don't like each other. Their fans uh, have been very... Very, very excited to get going. And you saw a palpable energy last night that was at City Field that we have not seen in a while.
0: No doubt about it. I mean, of course, there's going to be anticipation. There's going to be build up anytime you have the Subway Series, especially with these two teams in first place in their respective divisions. But the other thing, Carlin, that added juice to last night's game was the fact that you didn't have to wait very long for the fireworks. I yeah. mean, you're talking about in the first inning, Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo having back-to-back jacks, only to be followed up by Jordan Montgomery giving up a four spot to the Mets off the strength of Sterling Marte, uh, having that extra base hit, Pete Alonso with an extra base hit, and then, of course, the home run by Escobar. So I-, I, just, I looked at that game last night, and it had all the elements that you were looking for. The Yankees didn't necessarily play a clean game, and there are several blunders that we need to talk about that we can get to. But ultimately, both teams had urgency, and it's been a long time since we've seen that kind of urgency, knowing the stakes that both teams have in this respective season. And it does feel like this could be a year
1: where you have a potential Subway Series because there are a lot of discussions around it. Where would you actually feel better about one of these two teams making the World Series and potentially winning a championship? You can sit there and argue that the Yankees are the better team right now, but does that mean they have the easier road? Absolutely not. And you may feel better about the Mets opportunities that are there, but... I just like the fact that finally there is some juice back to it where there really hasn't been in quite some time. And it made me think of this Derek Jeter quote from the captain this week. And that is when it comes to the Mets, they were always just the Mets. They weren't a team that the Yankees necessarily hated, they just kind of looked at it like, eh, it's mm-hmm. the Mets. Yeah, And and that, to me, is just going to do even more to reinforce the the little brother, you know, get out of my way kind of mentality <laughs> that a Mets fan has always had to have Derek Jeter basically drive that point home in the documentary. All that's going to do is tick you off. And, and if I were a Mets fan, like, this week's a great week to have this come out.
0: No doubt about it. And as a former Giant, I can tell you we felt the same exact way about the New York Jets. So, <laughs> if you're a Mets fan, you're probably a Jets fan. And I'm sorry, but the other teams in that same sport in your, heart, in your town feel the same way. But, I mean, in looking at this game, think about it, Carl. And there, there are huge implications for these games, even though it's interleague play. The Mets are only two games in front of the Atlanta Braves for the pole position in the NL East. And the Yankees, as we've mentioned before, are trying to hang on to that number one overall spot in the American League, knowing that the Houston Astros aren't far behind. So, I mean, both of these teams have a lot to play for, and the stakes couldn't be any higher. And then you couple that with the fact that we're a week away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and both of these teams are going to be after some of the same players. It just adds a whole nother layer to this. So it was an exciting game to watch. Unfortunately for my Yankees, it wasn't clean baseball. I mean, you had IKF get picked off early in that game. I want to say it was in the second inning. You had the Rizzo at bat in the fourth inning. You got 3-0, Carlin, 3-0 with bases loaded <laughs> and two outs. And you want to swing at the first thing you see? I don't understand that part of it. I don't understand that part of the game. You had um, you had uh, Anthony Rizzo getting picked off in the seventh inning. Uh, I, I just don't understand that part of it. You had Joey Gallo pinch hitting um, for IKF in the eighth inning, and then uh, and then of course. The Mets counter that with Edwin Diaz coming in, and he ends up facing four batters. So it's just, it it were certain things in that game that you would just like to see the Yankees get cleaned up because they can't afford to make those same kind of mistakes against the better teams in baseball because those teams are going to make you pay.
1: I have to tell you this, Chris. It's Canty and Carlin in for Granny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I I know that we have watched him all season long, and even parts of last year. But when you watch Edwin Diaz now, This is nowhere near the same pitcher that we saw early in his New York tenure and really at points last year. Last year, he was much better, but you would still look at it and say, well, do I really trust him in a big spot? Last night, to me, is one of the biggest situations that Edwin Diaz has been in as a Met, Mm -hmm. and he handled that like it was nothing. Yeah. He had no problem whatsoever. That to me spoke more than anything about Edwin Diaz as a Met. And it may sound a little bit crazy to say that, but think about what that situation is last night. They're showing, Buckshell Walter is showing so much faith in your abilities. I need to shut down this game right now in the eighth inning. So I'm going for more than a three out save from you against our crosstown rivals, and the team with an incredible record this season, and I am turning to you to get this done, and Edwin Diaz said, fine, no problem. That gave me more faith in his abilities in big games. I'm not even saying the rest of the regular season. Like, that to me was a borderline postseason atmosphere last night, and that was encouraging.
0: No question about it. I mean, the guy had straight gas, right? We're not talking about him... You know, going up against some slouches, we're talking about him going up against the heart of the order and being able to get it done. So to me, like that's what you expect from Edwin Diaz. That's what the Mets thought they were getting when they traded for him several years ago. And unfortunately, we hadn't seen him the first couple of seasons, but you're seeing it now. But Mets fans have never really, for a while, in their closers,
1: have never trusted the mental makeup in closers. And when yeah. I say for a while, like that's fifteen, twenty years. That's Braden. Luper. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's a lot of guys. I can go through chapter and verse with names. To see that, I think went a long way. Now, from the Yankee perspective, Chris Jordan Montgomery—I mean, you have to do something about this. Like, what is Jordan Montgomery late in this season and in the postseason for the Yankees?
0: He's—I can't. It's a question mark, Carlin. I'm not handing him the ball. It's in a, it's, it's a game question right mark. Now. But you have question marks up and down your pitching staff. Yeah. When it comes to the starting rotation, you got questions about what these guys are going to be. As they come up to, you know, getting close to their career highs in terms of number of innings pitched. We don't know what these arms are going to be. And that's why the Yankees are probably going to be in the market for starting pitching. We keep hearing about Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds as being a potential trade target for the Yankees. That, that, that's. The reason why, because you don't know what these guys are going to be once we get closer to the postseason. We don't know that they're going to have the same type of production that we saw in the first half. There are a lot of questions that the Yankees have, and so you're thinking about ways to fortify your team. We already know that this is a championship contender. There are 34 games over 500, but you're still going to have to add on just because there are other teams that are in the mix to compete for a World Series that are going to be aggressive at the deadline as well.
1: And for the Mets, this is a huge day today. A huge day. Why? Here, the Hall of Famer Tim Kirch and ESPN MLB writer to fill us in. Now,
3: I was told, you know, maybe 10 days ago, he he's not close to being ready to pitch in the big leagues. We'll see after Wednesday night where he is. If he's healthy again and you add that guy for the last two months and you get eight or 10 starts out of him, which sounds like a lot to me, the Mets can beat anyone in the major leagues. That's how good they can be if we get the, the DeGrom back, who was so brilliant before all of this. But there's just no telling because the shoulder it's always questionable so tomorrow night is really important to see how well he throws
1: and that is tonight for jacob de and look it, for the mets you need an answer now on what this is because the deadline is less than a week away you have to have your answer on de now if you get a positive outcome tonight and medically you feel good about it, Chris, can you put starting pitching aside for the Mets
0: as far as the priority for next week? I think he can. I think he can, just depending on what the trend is for Jacob DeGrom.
1: Think about what the last year and a half has been No, No,
0: I understand yeah. all the injuries. All I'm simply saying is you don't need him to have him for 10 to 12 starts. You don't need him for that. No. What you want him to do is have enough starts in the regular season where he feels good about where he's at. Going into the postseason, because I got to tell you, if you've got Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, Chris Bassett, and Taiwan Walker, you got to feel great about that. And I get it; Taiwan Walker gave up a couple bombs early in yesterday's game, but you got to remember, before yesterday, Taiwan Walker only gave up two home runs in his last thirteen starts. Taiwan Walker has been outstanding. I think it was one every twenty-three innings this season. He's been outstanding. Yep. So I mean, if, last you, night. if you if you've got those four going into a postseason, include, and then you look at the depth of the Mets lineup, think about this, JD, Mo- JD, J.D. Davis is the number eight hitter for the Mets last night. Uh-huh. J.D. Davis. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's how deep that Mets lineup is. So if you have that starting pitching, <laughs> that lineup, and in that closer, in Edwin Diaz, you feel pretty damn good about where you're at. Now, I will say this, silver lining from last night's game for the Yankees, the one thing that I did think was a huge positive, Aroldis Chapman. Having a three up three down inning. Oh, I, I, listen! I, you, I, you are you are you are looking for anything positive listen, right I, now? I, I, well, here's the thing, man. We know that this team is going to need some help in the bullpen. We don't necessarily believe in Jonathan Wisego. We don't believe in this Chapman. But if Chapman can give you something, if he can be that not even the same guy that he was when he was the closer and one of the most intimidating pitchers in baseball, but if he can give you something, that's going to be something that the Yankees need in order to contend at a championship level.
1: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. We are just getting started on a jam-packed show today. We're so, so excited in just moments to be talking some more NFL. We are going to get into not just the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona, but a team... That is a championship contender, according to somebody in this room right now. His name rhymes with Schmiss Schmanty. And he believes that this team is a championship contender. Boy, is he wrong. We will get to that in just moments and discuss it with Jeff Darlington, who is going to join us in studio when we return. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: Greeny the podcast
3: for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your
2: people safer call clickranger.com or just stop by this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do
3: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
1: Awkward interactions during the break between Jeff Darlington and Nuno. (laughs) Nuno,
0: man. Of the hashtag crew. Quit creeping on my wife. Wow. I was made to feel very uncomfortable, Carlin, and that's hard to do.
1: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, Nuno, do you have anything for your self-defense here in this whole Darlington situation?
4: I just that Darlington's a uh, convincing uh, actor and had me believing that I was probably a creep at some Quick point. Quick backstory He used to be a producer on a show that I was on, and on the air, they asked me, they put me on the spot. I had gotten a heads up earlier, why didn't Nuno get invited to my Super Bowl party? Mm-hmm. And I had looked up what college he went to, and I said, Well, I, I can't believe you're doing this to me on the air. But back in college, at whatever college it was, my wife also went there. You guys were at a party together and you made her feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. And and the, You just thought of that on the spot? Yeah. And wow. and, and the best Great. part, the best part was Nuno was like, Oh man, did I? Like he he really thought
0: <laughs> That's a problem, like, Nuno. The worst part That's is when he's not like that didn't happen.
4: He was like, Yeah, that could have happened. Wow. That's yeah. a problem, Nuno. By the way, he did not creep out my wife. Right uh, in college, but he did at the party that he ultimately got invited. Whoa, whoa, relax here. <laughs> no, she she loved I, you. I tell you what. Just just here's what little, I just little, learned. The hug was a little low. Don't
1: mess with Darlington. He is diabolical. Oh, yeah. To come up with that in that moment. Oh yeah, well, he plays with keeps. Yeah, plays with keeps. Yeah. Plays for keeps. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Ricky
4: Bobby. I'm that's not right. screwing around here. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Nuno. By the way, he did not creep out my wife. Just okay. to be clear, to be clear. Right. No. Nuno, Nuno is not a creeper. That we know of. No, no, that he he remembers. (laughs) That he
0: remembers.
1: (laughs) ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington is with us on set. And, uh, you know, Jeff, first of all, the the stories of the last few days, let's just hit on those. Number one is obviously Kyler Murray. What has been the reaction from people that you have talked to to this clause? The fact that Murray signed it, the fact that the Cardinals, it feels like may have leaked that out there after the fact.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of people are pretty stumped by it. Um, I was texting with a general manager this morning, and I'm going to try to pull up his text for you real quick, and and he made a really good point. He said, uh, we've never done that, nor would my owners want me to do that. It draws too much attention, and it's not worth the paper it's printed on with an arbitrator anyways. And, And I think that that's a really good point, because we're talking about a clause that you're putting in there that is going to garner a lot of attention, and for what? For what purpose? You're never going to impose that rule. You're never going to be like, hey, we're going to pull your guarantees back because uh, we just don't believe that you studied four hours this week. How is that even something that you could prove if you tried? And I guess that's where, that's where this becomes so kind of complicated to people around the league is what's the point? What's the purpose? What do you gain from this other than putting yourself in a position where it looks like you don't trust the quarterback? And that's the context I, I think we still need.
0: So, Jeff, we saw Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn get extensions through 2027. Now they've married that with the extension that they've given Kyler Murray. So in this situation with the Arizona Cardinals, who's under the most pressure to make all of this work? I mean,
4: the quarterback is always under the pressure, right? Now, that's not to say that he's going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, are we talking pressure to keep your job? Because that's probably Cliff and Steve. Mm -hmm. well it 's definitely Cliff and Steve, you just invest one hundred and sixty million dollars in your quarterback
0: into a guy that you don 't think watches film that 's right he
4: 's good <laughs> and that I, again we 're talking about i don 't know man it's it's like it 's like that when you get married and the prenup conversation comes up on the night before the wedding it just it 's like man you 're going to go there right now it 's just like we, I thought we were in this we had this this marriage and and now, all of a sudden, it's starting with this weird mistrust. I, I just, it's kind of a strange, uncomfortable feeling.
1: You want to handle this one? No,
0: I'm saying clear of this <laughs> one. No. just less than I'm a month I'm out. I'm married next month. I'm staying clear of that part. Of oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, August 26th in Chicago, it's going down. What? Let's move on. Yeah, there you go. Keep it pushing, Carly. Hey,
4: best decision you could ever make in your life.
0: No doubt. The prenup? Uh, are, you try, are you trying to convince me? <laughs> <it? laughs>
4: I was just thinking about I'm old kidding.
0: school. I, Don't yeah. do it. Colin <laughs> said, he's "Yeah, good job, You're gonna have the getaway car running outside of yeah. the wedding." Venue. Look at
4: the, right. the baby. Look at exactly. the baby. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Jeff Darlington, with a CSPN NFL reporter. And- I
4: mean, we know we know your fiance is not listening. Like, like I can. say, no, she could.
0: She be. goes. And, no, she right? she be. Be. Oh, she was. She would. goes. And back to the podcast. And too. she has friends that listen as well. See, oh. I get, I get
4: carblush. I, I can pretty much say anything because my wife. There is zero chance. I like tried to tell her earlier. Hey, I'm on TV, and she's like, Yeah, I don't care.
1: Yeah, if I had broached a prenup with my wife before I got married, it would have been.
0: Yeah, I'll sign it. What my do you wife, got? Exactly.
4: You've got five. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a 1997 Jeep Wrangler and this <laughs> old MacBook. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm taking that MacBook. You're the big winner.
1: Jeff, uh, let's flip over to uh, another situation that is just always going to be rife with drama, and that's Dallas. We see Mike McCarthy (laughs) get annoyed the other day. We see Jerry Jones come out yesterday and and say what he says. First of all, just when McCarthy came out of the gate kind of swinging about the job. he, He has been all year. Yeah, but I mean, even setting a tone right away. Doesn't it just lend it to be to be continue to be asked about this more and more and more?
4: I mean, he said all year that he's uncomfortable with the narrative that has been created by his owner. I mean, like he's literally said those words. It's not that he was saying that the media has created this. He's made very clear that Jerry has Uh, on numerous occasions. Jerry, God bless him. I love him for all that he does for our business. He has said, like, Dennis Allen would be a good head coach. Sean Payton would be a good coach. And speaking of relationships and marriage, this time around he said, I had options, but I went with Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Imagine going home. Hey, why don't you say, say that one a month? Out. Go, hey, go, go home. Put, put that in the vows. Hey, again, I had options. Next fight yeah. you get into with your spouse, be like, you know, I have options. I have yeah.
1: options. And, and again, my wife would laugh in my face. <laughs> when you
4: said, <laughs> <laughs> what, "What did uh, what did Chris Rock say? You're only as faithful as your options." That's, <laughs> it.
0: That's what he said.
4: <laughs> I mean, look, like it just, I, it, you know, maybe we create a lot of this in in some sense because Mike McCarthy is a very competent. NFL head coach. Mm. Uh, he, he truly is. But I also understand that in Dallas, when a season ends the way it did last year and the history that McCarthy has in these big moments of failing his team in these time management situations, that is going to continue to haunt you. And in somewhere with the Cowboys with someone like Jerry Jones, I just don't know how they ultimately will get past this. And by the way, I said this to greeny this morning, if we close our eyes and picture Sean Payton as the head coach of the Cowboys, are we not talking about them as a Super Bowl contender? No
0: question about it.
4: No question. Try to do it with Mike McCarthy. It's a little more difficult.
0: Yeah, no question. We're talking with ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington on Greeny. And Jeff, we know that the San Francisco 49ers need Jimmy Garoppolo's $27 million cap space in order to re-sign Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. So assuming that Jimmy G gets cut in the coming weeks, Mm -hmm. what's the most likeliest landing spot for Jimmy G?
4: I mean, you know, when you talk about a guy getting cut as opposed to getting traded, it's a mm-hmm. totally different conversation. Yeah. It's like if Baker Mayfield had just gotten cut by the Browns, I'm not convinced he wouldn't have been with the Steelers. Um, and so that becomes the question. If you give Jimmy the freedom to go choose, does he try to go to... I'm, I'm trying to think out loud now. Do you go to a place where you can sign a sort of prove it deal where there's a, a true kind of competition like Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know? Or do you choose somewhere like Tampa, where you're kind of waiting in the wings for Tom to retire? Once again. Once again. <laughs> um, I don't know. It definitely gets more interesting, and, but I still think the 49ers have put themselves in a spot where they're, they're, they've got to kind of keep their fingers crossed that something during camp creates a situation where Jimmy likes it, because they want to do right by him, mm-hmm. and where there's some compensation created where maybe an injury or something like that's happened somewhere. Jeff, we went through a
1: couple of stories the other day, and I just want to hit you with one or two of them yeah. that are maybe being underappreciated as major stories going forward here right. into the season. One of them is in New Orleans with Jameis Winston. There are a lot of people that feel like the Saints are really primed to do something in the NFC. And I've been racking my brain trying to figure out how when Jameis Winston is your guy. Is there real reason to believe that Jameis Winston is a different quarterback than he has been in the past?
4: I have less of a problem with believing Jameis Winston is the answer than I do believing that Dennis Allen, who I really respect, is the answer. And I say that because Mm. I think we understate the impact of Sean Payton on that organization. I find it really kind of curious that all offseason we've talked about the Saints like they're the same team. They lost a Hall of Fame head coach. Yeah. Like, he's not there anymore. So, yes, Pete Carmichael is a really good offensive coordinator. Yes, Dennis Allen understands the system that was in place, and you're not changing necessarily the culture. But the genius of Sean Payton is no longer there to help Jameis Winston go from the interception-prone quarterback that he was under Bruce Arians to the more safe, methodical one that he became under Sean Payton. He proved that he can do it. I just don't know if he can do it
0: without Payton. Jeff, are the Chicago Bears setting Justin Fields up for failure? Probably. (laughs) Straightforward answer, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I, again... Is there, is there any other way to look at it? It seems like they've taken this posture that they're selling more so than they're adding pieces around it. I,
4: yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, look what the Eagles did with with, um, with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know, They got him A.J. Brown. Devon, yeah, Devontae... Yeah, Nikhil yeah, I mean, Harry is not A.J. Brown. No, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nikhil Harry might be the reason Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. <laughs> that's harsh. Uh, that's really harsh. I'm sorry. Wow. I, did, I, did, that, did that come out? It, it did happen did, just yeah, now. Yeah. Know, Made me feel too uncomfortable or too well, comfortable there.
1: Well, with that in mind, though, if if that's the case, why bother with Fields right now? I mean, he's not their I, guy. I, he's not the guy that they drafted. Certainly, but the ability feels like it's there. Well,
4: I, I still ask myself the same questions I, I ask about um, Jalen Hurts and Tua of vailoa they're these guys that you know you feel like you've seen potential, but at the same time, is he a franchise quarterback? And when you have an environment where you're building around the guy, like Mike McDaniel in Miami, is like we are going to go all in and we're going to find out if Tua Tagovailoa is the guy. It's part of the reason he was hired there. Nick Sirianni tried to do that last year. It feels like it's maybe a little less though. So, but he has built or he's put weapons around him to find out. They're committed to finding out. To your point, it does not feel like the Chicago Bears are as committed to finding out and more or less saying, well, we've got this guy in a rookie deal. At least we're not overly invested.
0: So, Jeff, since you brought up the Philadelphia Eagles, we got to take it there mm-hmm. next because you didn't seem like you were one of the people this morning on Get Up buying the fact yeah. that the Philadelphia Eagles could be a title contender. I know Sal Powell pulled out the newspaper, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Inquirer. he
4: texted me after, too. He told me I should go with the over. Yeah. I picked the under on 22 and a half touchdowns okay, yeah. for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Southfowl says I should pick the over. Yeah. And he knows Philly. But, like, he, I mean, he didn't throw 22 last year. Yeah. He's got a better weapon than A.J. Brown, so seemingly he no should this year. I, I just keep hearing, like, and I actually really believe in Nick Sirianni. Um, I think he's a really good offensive coach he's
0: come a long way since that introductory press conference That's, yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean he, he came out of the gates a little, little clumsy there but he was really good I knew him in Indianapolis and he was a lot of the what was going on behind the scenes with Phillip Rivers and some of those game plans that really worked well I don't know Jalen Hurts from my understanding has been up and down this offseason and it's just the offseason I'm not like a big offseason guy but I am just curious to see if he can make this step not, it's not a criticism, it's more of a curiosity. You know, if I if you had to if you had to ask me like to put those three in line, I'd say Tua has the best chance to take the step. Jalen is number two, and Justin Fields are number three.
0: Well I feel like the Eagles have told us something because they decided they were going to hedge in trading down with the New Orleans Saints to pick up the first round pick next year to have two.
4: Just in case. Just in Jaylen case Jalen Perch proves By that he's not the guy. The Dolphins still have two first round picks next year, just, just in, in case. Just in case. <laughs>
1: Jeff Dar- they got options. they got options. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> Jeff Darlington joining us. they They got, they got they <laughs> had a prenup. Is that kind of a prenup? No. That, that is a prenup. A prenup. <laughs> that is the NFL
1: quarterback equivalent <laughs> of a prenup. Canty yeah. and Carlin in for Grinney with Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter.
4: Is the window closed on the Tennessee Titans? I don't think so. I mean, I actually think with Derrick Henry, I mean, look, I, I know that I'm one of these, like, weirdly staunch advocates of Ryan Tannehill. Um, but like, I think that he can definitely get the job done when Derrick Henry is healthy. And even when Derrick wasn't, he was still effective to a degree. What I will say is the person that even, you know, Derrick is obviously the key to the puzzle, but I will always believe in a Mike Vrabel led team. He always seems to get the best and the most out of his roster. And he has since he became a head coach. So I think that he is always going to be good enough for a 9-10 win season. It's whether Derrick Henry can stay healthy enough to vault them up to a 13-14 to 14 win season.
1: Here's what I've learned. I, we're, just, we're just getting to know each other a little bit, uh, yeah. but clearly,
4: Nuno didn't even cross you when you did that to him. So,
1: Nuno, like, I mean, don't cross look,
4: you. Nuno, tri- Nuno didn't cross me, but he tried to suggest on air he wanted reasons why he wasn't invited to the party. It's always awkward when you ask someone why you weren't invited to the party. Well, that's yes. true. Yes. All right. We're already out of the gates. I could have gone with the more conventional, oh, you know, I, I, I just forgot, mm-hmm. you know, you know, or maybe like, oh, no, no, you, you know, you're not the face of the show, but I wouldn't do that. That's harsh.
1: No, right? but you can, but you, it, when so he did I, put you on the spot, Exactly. exactly. So, oh, okay.
4: no, no. First of all, I did not I put him Nuno. on the spot. All right. Everyone else that I worked with put him on the spot. I do not do that.
1: So they were not put up to it by Yeah,
4: and Jeff, you know, Jeff was great. Like I there was no need to (laughs) that was great. (laughs) great. No, I'm saying Jeff's a great guy. There was no need to actually try to get him back for for making me feel like I was probably a No, by the way, Nuno was invited the worst part is he was invited to the party. He just didn't get like a the reply, wow. the gen The email generated report.
3: Yes, and I think part of it, right, is everyone else around me got
4: those emails, and it was like, "Oh, you didn't get invited." Like I, you know how you he felt hurt. Yeah, wow. you, felt mean, hurt. you were the, at you.
1: Yeah, you yeah, were yeah, living you know. in that awkward uh, just circumstance, and then Darlington made you question yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the they, see that's the mind games of Darlington. Mind games, but, but
4: Nuno, Nuno knows I love him. Yes, N- and N- Nuno was, was at time. the party. Yeah. And
1: Nuno knows now. Don't screw with me. N-
4: Nuno was at the party. He 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 hugged my wife upon greeting for a little bit too long, and um and it was a
0: great time had by all. Yeah, Nuno is one of those guys that's a little socially awkward.
4: No, he's great. I he's actually, endearing though. I love. He's I he's actually I would never that. say this about somebody I didn't love.
0: And now Canty's comparing me to
1: Carlin, like socially oh, wow. awkward. Wow! Oh. Wow! Listen, I'll own my social awkwardness. Uh, you. Yeah. Listen, I, I think I think we need see? to get it. See how I did
0: that? Did you, you really see that? Exactly. Did you, you see that? Did you that? just completely turn this all against one put another? Mito and you against up, one one unbelievable. Outstanding God, job. God, I'm good. Outstanding job.
1: <sighs> Great stuff, Jeff. Thank you. God. <laughs> coming up next between Carlin and Nuno (laughs) now am I socially awkward I'm going to have to try to figure out and call my therapist during the break (laughs) it is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus are you excited to travel this summer have you ever thought about all of the people that can make a vacation truly great like the chef in that world class restaurant or the tour guide with great stories you know if you're hiring you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter ZipRecruiter's Technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com/Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com/Greeny. You heard us mention the Eagles. Are their expectations completely out of whack? Chris Canty thinks they can win the whole thing. What?
3: who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Eagles' legitimate Super Bowl championship contenders. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in 4 Greenie, presented by Progressive Insurance. The free Auto Zone, a fix finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. Auto Zone. We were talking this morning off the air about the Philadelphia Eagles mm. in our production meeting. And one of the big stories that we feel like hasn't been talked about a whole lot is Jalen Hurts and if he is in fact the long-term answer a quarterback for the Eagles because they have they still have to have some reservations themselves if they are positioning themselves to have the assets to trade for a quarterback at the beginning of the draft this coming year knowing that this was not a particularly deep draft and next year's is when it comes to the position he took him to the playoffs i believe in what he can do so chris why is it that you think the Eagles now, as constituted, are legitimate championship contenders?
0: Well, I believe that football is won at the line of scrimmage. And when you look at the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better group. I mean, their offensive line was ranked the best in all of football, according to the surveys from Jeremy Fowler. And their defense, I mean, you're talking about in the middle of their defense having Javon Hargrove and Jordan Davis as your defensive tackles. Carlin, that's 700 pounds a man. Mm. Good luck running against that group. And oh, by the way, they were already starting us to run last year. You're talking about their defense ranking ninth against the run. So, I mean, this is a pretty tough group. And then Fletcher Cox being in that defensive tackle rotation as well. So, I believe in what they're doing in terms of the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Overall, their roster has improved dramatically on defense. They added N'Kobe Dean, who's a run-and-hit linebacker out of Georgia. They were able to add Asan Reddick out of free agency, a double-digit sack guy from Carolina a year ago. And the biggest addition to me on the defensive side of the ball saved the draft pick, Jordan Davis, has to be James Bradbury, the corner from the New York Giants that's now going to play opposite of Darius Slay. This is going to be a defense that has playmakers on all three levels. So this is a legit group. They were top ten on defense from a year ago, and they got significantly better this offseason. You couple that with the fact that they got him a true number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown for Jalen Hurts to work with, this is going to be a really dangerous team.
1: I still, though, find myself asking these questions about Jalen Hurts. Because I've seen good, I've seen bad, and it still doesn't feel like the answer is fully there. And what I do wonder about is, do the Eagles get to a point this year, if Jalen Hurts is just, meh, if he's he's just not doing things that are helping them win games enough, will they make the shift? Will they actually turn to Gardner Minshew and give him an opportunity this season If the Eagles are just a middle-of-the-pack team, when frankly, uh, the Eagles to me should be winning the NFC East at the very least. I don't have them as a Super Bowl championship contender like you do, but they're a very good team. I I don't think that Jalen Hurts should get in the way when you do have somebody that is
0: inexperienced back up there. Well, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Gardner Minshew. Let's dispel that. First and foremost, that's not happening now. Gardner Minshew has a lot of experience in this league, but they, they want are,
1: a, they want a Super Bowl they're, with they're, Nick Foles.
0: Yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles is better than Gardner Minshew. Like this is that's don't don't muddy the waters with that just because this guy is the backup quarterback that we think he can repeat what happened in 2017 because he can't. He's not the same caliber of quarterback. What I will say is the Eagles owe it to themselves. To have a definitive answer on what Jalen Hurts is before they get to the 2023 offseason. Because they have two first round draft picks in a quarterback rich draft. To pass up on a quarterback for Jalen Hurts and let him remain your starter, the opportunity cost is so great that you need to afford yourself the opportunity to have the largest sample size possible in order to evaluate Hurts. Even if they're losing? Even if they're losing. Jalen Hurts has to be allowed to play the entire season so you can have an answer on whether he is or is not your guy and then chart a path forward. There is no question in my mind that Jalen Hurts is going to be given every single opportunity to prove that he is the franchise quarterback. And, Carlin, what I'll say is this. Just because Jalen Hurts does it a different way Doesn't mean he's not a franchise quarterback. It's not going to look like Joe Burrow. It's not going to look like Justin Herbert. It's eerily similar to the questions that we have about Jalen Hurts and what people are saying about Lamar Jackson. How he needs to be a more refined passer from the pocket and all of those things. He might not ever be as refined as some of those other quarterbacks that I just mentioned. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be as effective. And with that offensive line and knowing the pressure that Jalen Hurts can put on your defense because he does have the threat of being a focal point in a running game, that opens up opportunities in the passing game, especially in one-on-one situations with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith.
1: I I get wanting to have the most information that you can before figuring out what your future is. But punting on a season, if it's not going well...
0: (sighs) That, that, that would rub me It's the not wrong pun, way. It's not punting on a season. It's trying to answer the most important question in football, which is whether or not we have a quarterback. And Gardner Minshew ain't going to help you answer that question by playing him. That's not going to help you. You've got to figure out long-term whether or not we have a quarterback. Now, what I will say is I appreciate what Nick Sirianni did midways through the season after the first seven games when they were 2-5. and five. They shifted the focus of their team and went to a run-centric yes. offense. Absolutely. They were averaging 116 points. rushing yards per game in the first seven games. That bumped up to 190 in the final 10. That is going to be the identity of this team. They're going to run the football and Jalen Hurts is going to be the head of the snake in that regard, but I do think that creates opportunities for him to evolve in the passing game.